Hello, hello, and welcome to Intentional Sounding. It's the Draw Play Podcast. I am your host, Draw Play Dave Rapocio. With me, as always, is the world's worst Swiss Army knife, Sam Grezes. I can only do one thing, and it's live. They, they, I was the first pick for that movie, Swiss Army Man, except it wasn't really funny because I was just on the island, like, complaining about how there's no food and, and I'm going to get sunstroke and die from exposure. Oh. Hello, dog. Oh, is it doggy you... guest on the podcast? Doggy. Doggy's not Boof. happy because I'm not paying attention to doggy. Right. Hi, doggy. Um, how do you feel about Adrian Peterson being signed by the Redskins? Do you think this is a good move? I take your silence as a no. Yeah, yeah. He seemed uh, that. Oh, oh whoa. Oh. Okay. Whoa. All right. Do you think do language? You think this works? Do you think the Redskins? Be... Oh, that's that's that a hot take. I don't know about that. <laughs> Rough, rough. Got right. some opinions. Do you think? <laughs> do you <Yes>. think <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Will Adrian Peterson? <laughs> <laughs> this is the best intro we've ever done. Luna, will Adrian Peterson eclipse 500 yards this year? <laughs> Don't sniff the microphone, you dumbass. Will Adrian Peterson be good, or will this be a, reg- a regretful move? He says that people who are doubting him don't understand football. Do you? Do you agree? Do you agree? This is not an agreement. This is biting my leg. I, well, Sam, what about you? Since our co-host's audio seems to have cut off. Mm-hmm. I don't... I mean, he... So last year, he kind of stepped in and, like, did what everyone expected him to do, which was break, like, two big plays and then kind of sit on the bench for a while because he's a very old man. I... I don't like I don't not believe in AP, right? So, like if he if he had another like 200-yard game this year, I wouldn't be surprised. I'd be very happy, but I wouldn't be surprised. I just like I don't think I don't think the problem here is not necessarily people not believing in him, right? We all know that he still has some some of the juice left. It's a question of like how much and will it show up or you know, or what I, I mean, I, I, what I, what I will say is I don't think he gets above 500 yards this season, but he has, he has a game where he gets 150 yards of which like half of that is on one play where he it's, it will, it will be the run that spawns a thousand takes that are like, is AP back? It's gotta be early in the season. I'm going to predict. Oh, it's going to be early in the season for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Dog agrees. Oh, you also agree. Early in the season, huh? Early in the season. Who are they playing week two? Do you know? I don't think that's an answer. Wow, that's that's bold. I think uh, here is trying to say that uh, AP's got nothing left. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't. Barf. 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 
Borf, borf. This is working very well. Oh, hi. Oh, Alright, let me ask you another question. Yes. Do you think Andrew Luck's mustache is good? Well, that's about my answer to that. Actually, the dog has the correct answer to this, which is barking. I am showing, I am showing the dog a picture of Andrew Luck's mustache right now, and this is the oh result my God. I am hearing. Okay, okay. So, so here's here's a little. Why don't we Why don't we do this? Since since we we have this guest on the show, why don't we do a very special episode of intentional sounding where we get we just get the dogs takes on stuff. We ask the dogs the dog questions and you like and you show the dog headlines and we get reactions and then we expand on that. All right. Now, do you think Andrew Luck should keep his weird dad fishing man mustache? Awesome. That's a good answer. I completely agree. Yeah, I completely agree with what that was. Look. The AFC South only has enough room for one really good mustache, and that's Mark Mariota's mustache. Although this that's thing, that's not in play anymore, right? That's that's like well, not news. until November. Yeah, not until that's true. Not until November. Very true. But I feel like it's still good enough that no one else in the division can really. <laughs> no, I disagree. I don't think it's a fair that someone else has a mustache. No. I, I very much disagree. I apologize for this. I am currently home alone and the dog is very unhappy. <laughs> Sam, give yes. me your opinions while I take care of this issue. Okay, 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 cool. Um, so thank you so much for your, uh, your input. Very good, cute doggo. I very much appreciated it. Um, I want to talk about one thing that I was I was excited about from the draft uh, or since the draft, and that is uh, the first look at Sam Darnold being a bad quarterback. I'm very excited about this specifically because uh, as, as soon as he came in for the Jets, everyone's like super stoked. I, I was like on Twitter and, and people were like, Sam Darnold's going to throw five touchdowns. And then he was completely mediocre in his first preseason start. And I don't know if it was just like me or if like anyone else, if, if I'm like completely off base here and everyone else saw something that I didn't. Uh, but after that game, everyone's like, yep, Sam Darnold's the week one starter. He's the new face of the franchise. He's going to be fucking amazing all the time. And I I am just so, so excited for all of the Jets shod and for I don't even have anything against the Jets. I just, you know, it's 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 fun. It's fun when people put their hopes in a quarterback that that kind of look like Garbo from the beginning and uh and will be proven to be garbo it's the same thing that's going to happen and i talked about this last week with the bears and and mitch trubisky who has like played very very few who had played very few games in college the bears took a like the bears paid way too much for him in the draft and you know now they're they're like oh he didn't get a full year because of injuries last year this is going to be the year that's really the test and He's apparently throwing tons of interceptions in training camp, and that's 
Oh, that's that's just that's just great. Meanwhile, meanwhile, guess who's fucking making plays for the Ravens? It's Lamar Jackson, and he's fucking looking great. He's all over like top ten on ESPN. So there was this. At least this week, I'd have to say Lamar Jackson hasn't been like impressive until this week. That yeah, that well, great college he was. Yeah, week one wasn't. No, week one he he wasn't anything to write home about. But week like he made a couple great great throws and plays uh with his legs in week two there was uh there who was it someone was um was saying like i read this article about how like why so they 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 were talking about the draft order right and about how sam darnold josh allen and josh rosen all look to be not not the players that we thought they were either from preseason or for training camp um I think this one was mostly focused on the Bills and Josh Allen, actually. But they were saying – the point they made was like – so I get taking Baker Mayfield at number one. If you if like if you really like him, that's your guy. Go for it. And everyone seemed to agree that Baker Mayfield was, in terms of talent, like the guy that everyone wanted. If that's the case – Lamar Jackson is a player in that same mold with same statistics, like same similar game experience, better I would argue statistics actually than uh, than Baker Mayfield in college. If that's the kind of player that you're you're really kind of wanting, why do you let Lamar Jackson drop that far? Why isn't why isn't Lamar Jackson the third pick after Saquon Barkley? Or rather, why isn't you know the ne- it why isn't Lamar Jackson the next quarterback pick after uh, Baker Mayfield? And I had never thought about I had never thought about it in that context before. Obviously, like people, you all know my feelings on this and about how it is it's a race thing. You know, I I I really. I it usually it. is. Yeah, it usually is. But I never I never kind of I never put together that the the offenses that Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson ran and the skill set that they have is so similar to one another's. Like I never thought about that before and it, it it's kind of damning to me at least like thinking about that. I'm just going to be very happy when, you know, all these other teams who put their money on, you know, quarterbacks who weren't particularly impressive in college pay for it. Quarterbacks, preseason, mm-hmm. nobody knows shit, really. Nobody knows shit. Nobody knows shit. And nobody pretending like you knows know shit. shit. What else happened this week? Or sort of, I guess we could talk about another quarterback that um, isn't going to be playing this year judging from the results, and that would be A.J. McCarron. Did you hear what happened to good old A.J. McCarron? I didn't. Is it something about his his girlfriend? Because that's everything, or wife, I guess, now, because that's everything that that pundits want to talk about whenever you bring up A.J. McCarron? I assume it's not. No. Actually, it's, you know his horrible, horrible chest tattoo? Oh, God, yes. We talked about it on the show before. I have to look it up again. Yes. A.J. McCarron's horrible, horrible chest tattoo. Well, I'm just going to assume this is how this happened, but all the garbage ink from his chest tattoo seeped a little bit 
into his bones, namely his collarbone, and weakened it, giving him osteoporosis, and he broke his collarbone in practice. So he's not going to be playing football for a while. Uh, <laughs> that's, well, I will say... I mean, they might say it was like an injury, that it hurt, but I'm choosing mm-hmm. to believe the ink was just proper, improperly um, chosen and just seeped into his bones, and his bones dissolved. His bones did dissolve. He did return to practice uh, today, apparently. Uh, so, you know, he he's practicing, but it's seeming like he'll be out for a while. That's why you never get chest tattoos around your entire collarbone. It weakens the whole thing. It weakens the whole thing. Gotta be careful. It's also why you don't be A.J. McCarron. No. Yeah. Now, A.J. McCarron... Now there's there's here's a good question for you. Do you know Tyler Bray's tattoo? No. Okay. So AJ McCarron or Tyler Bray, which one has the worst tattoo? What Tyler Bray's is on his back. Um, I advise you to Google both of them. So I'm seeing a couple. One of them, and I don't know if it's. Oh God, is it is it his last name with the stars? Yes. That looks like word art from Microsoft friggin' Windows 3.1 with the gradient. That's it. Jesus. That's I, it. Oh, my God. I. So, basically, I, listeners, I if you're not driving or anything like that and you're listening to a point where you can look this up, I would advise you to look up A.J. McCarron's chest tattoo and Tyler Bray's back tattoo. A.J. McCarron's chest tattoo is the kind of, like, overly artistic garbage that like oh it's like christianity like god it's just like overdone and it's by but the art is someone bad who's too the, art the art's not, not great it's it's not good but it's it's like kind of covering the chest in like a, a reasonable fashion kind of kaepernick kind of like the way he's got his chest kind of done mm-hmm. and then you have tyler bray whose tattoo is a lot simpler it's on a less terrible location. However, it's so simple and bad. It's literally just block letters, like with stars behind each letter, spelling Bray. It looks like on his back. It looks like the header to like an invitation to a block party. Yeah, like that you see around town, like that nice lady across the street put up. She's gonna invite everyone. everyone Someone who doesn't know graphic together. design, they went yeah. into Microsoft Word and they're like, "Oh, what's this Word art thing? Oh, wow, this is so cool! I can, I can like resize it and like and like angle it slightly differently. This is gonna look so cool. This it really does smack of someone like." using using word art for the first time and spending like 45 minutes just kind of dicking around with it it's a bad tattoo but can i say i kind of like it why do you like about it i don't know and i think i need to (laughs) go on this journey with you a little bit i'm trying to maybe because it's just so honest like there is something honest about this bad tattoo that is just this guy's last name with stars and a bad gradient on the letters maybe that's it maybe it's maybe it's the fact that there's a bit of like if you're looking at it with a bit of ironic detachment it 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 works whereas you can't kind of get that ironic detachment with 
say AJ McCarron's chest tattoo. Like Yeah, AJ McCarron's chest tattoo has like too much sincerity going on. Yeah, hey, you know what? No, no, no. I, I AJ McCarron his chest tattoo comes across like like that uh guy in college who goes to like a poetry reading and he thinks he's deep. Like like his chest yeah, tattoo is yeah. the equivalent of that guy at the college party who's playing acoustic guitar and he's playing Wonderwall. Like that's 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 what his tattoo is. It's college party Wonderwall. Yeah. It's like, "Oh, look how deep I am. Don't you just don't you think I'm just so special? Like these are the things that are important to me and I'm just they just mean so much and I put them right close to my chest cuz it's it's close to my heart, you know? Like because I'm I'm sensitive like that. I think the thing that I really like about the Bray tattoo is that at the end of the day, it's fucking fun. Like it can that be is bad. One hundred percent true. And it's like it's not a good tattoo, right? It's a bad tattoo, but it's a fun tattoo. It's like a really fun tattoo. Is the thing? It's it's. If um, A.J. McCarron's is like the bad sort of acoustic poetry reading at a college party, Tyler Bray's tattoo is basically Steve Holt. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. You could do. We should make an of in a fucking alignment chart for uh, sports, like for football player tattoos. I think that A.J. McCarron's would be lawful evil. And this one would probably be chaotic neutral. The Tyler Bray one is probably chaotic neutral, or maybe even chaotic good. Actually, I'd argue. I, I don't. It's hard to tell. Where would you? Wasn't there an NFL player who like went by who had like the nickname Silverback, and he had a giant gorilla tattooed on him? Yeah, I remember that. That might be lawful good. I don't know. I'm trying to think of other bad NFL tattoos. Oh, who? What other players have bad tattoos, or good tattoos? Really, like I'm trying to think of good players. Yeah, iconic tattoos. I'm trying to remember. There's uh, when I think of athlete tattoos, I think of the the NBA, and I think that's mostly because yeah. you know you get those up. You can actually shots. see them. You can actually see them. They're only like there's only ten players on the court, and yeah, you know people aren't wearing sleeves ever, so. Yo, Devin Thomas has a uh, or had a um, a Dragon Ball Z tattoo. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. That's pretty good. Elm's pretty sweet. Like it actually looks pretty good. I'm you know I'm kind of a fan. I'm trying to load. Hmm. I mean, okay. Oh. Well, Ka- Colin Kaepernick has has a bunch. He's got like I think like the crown one. Um, Richie Incognito has a phoenix tattooed on his arm. That's not a good one. That's not uh, Richie. You did a bad job. Oh, and it, and it and it looks like a crow. It doesn't look like a phoenix. It looks like a crow, like a raven almost. It's not. It's it's not good. And like if he's a phoenix, then like the instant he rose out of the ground, someone shot him out of the sky. It's, it's funny he's been like doing that for and like i hope he gets help because there's something wrong like and there's been something wrong but like he we've done this kind of richie incognito carousel where he like does something 
scary or horrific or just bad he like he gets released like goes to like rehab or gets mental health treatment or whatever comes back like three weeks later because you fucking need a guard right like you fucking need you need that position holy shit hold on hold on a second here i just found something amazing so I looked up NFL player tattoos, and I found like an article on Sports Illustrated about NFL players explaining their tattoos. Yeah. And if you can, look up a guy named Arthur Motes from Pittsburgh. Arthur Motes. His back tattoo is simultaneously the worst and greatest thing I may have seen. All right. We got I'm getting on it right now. Arthur Motes' back tattoo. Don't cross the moats. Look at Yo. that. Look at how good that is. So please, if you can, look up Arthur Moats Pittsburgh back tattoo. M-O-A-T-S. If you can't look it up right now, yeah, it's it's essentially a, it covers like his whole like upper back, and it's yeah. like an old scroll like banner up at the top. It says "Don't cross the," and on the bottom it says "Moats," and They're- in the middle. <laughs> There's like two opposite facing like I I think they're like cats like they're lion like heads big... with crowns. They're lion heads with crowns for sure, I think. Lion right? heads with crowns and like between them there's like two big axes crossing each other, kind of guarding over a moat and a castle behind it with like a an armor helmet yeah. above them. It's amazing. This is probably it, the best NFL tattoo I've ever seen. This is fantastic. Does, and apparently it, it came from don't cross the moats thing came after my rookie year. It was a catchphrase that started in Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, and he's, so, a de- I, he's, a, he's a defensive end. Hell yes. Uh, he's currently playing for the Arizona Cardinals. And I just, he's one of my new favorite players now. This is amazing. I've never even heard of this dude. No, me either. Uh, Arthur Motes. <laughs> this is, this is pretty cool. All right. What, what are some of the tattoos that are on here? Just a little bit ago in the summer, on July 25th, send a one-year contract. Hopefully, hopefully we can give him that, give him that sweet. Oh, okay. Uh, Malik bow. Jackson from Jacksonville uh-huh. had gets a tally mark for um, all the sacks he has gotten in the first five years of his career. Yo, that's like, honestly like if I was an NFL player that that's exactly the kind of tattoo I would get. Like yeah. if I got an interception or like a sack or anything, I would tally that shit off. Like yes. I'm a, the dude in black Panther. Yeah. Like this is every person I've murdered. Oh my God. That's yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> okay. So Taylor Lewan. Yeah. The uh, asshole good lineman out of Tennessee has a little stick figure on his right hand, on like the side of his palm, and he Ow. calls it his right hand man. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> this is my favorite tattoo. Jesus this one, Christ. right now. He got a tattoo purely for the pun. I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> I'm glad. I am glad we have gone down this wormhole. I, I I am a huge fucking fan of this. So I um, 
I've been looking at bad NFL tattoos and and stuff that has come up for me is um uh of course there is the Tebow time tattoo. Are you aware of the Tebow time tattoo? Yes. Yes, okay. I am. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm all that's the uh centaur one, right? Oh yeah, yes, of course it's the centaur <laughs> one. It is it is a centaur that it is wearing a Broncos helmet. He's not he is naked. The centaur is naked. Does not have a jersey or anything on. Um it, it just says Tebow time in cursive. And uh Oh, he's got a he's got a crucifix in his other hand. I guess that's how you know it's it it it's Tim Tebow. So so there's that. Um, there is, there is this one, which I have not seen before. It is a, a very good, actually, like, uh, like a photorealistic kind of, uh, tattoo of Johnny Unitas, uh, like rearing back to throw. Uh, and it's got that kind of, uh, pin up like sailor scroll thing that, you know, usually has, says like mom or, or whatever, um, and, uh, it says, throw it in her butt. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Okay. Okay. Sam, I, I found another tattoo that's even worse. Uh-huh. So there is apparently a dude I've never heard of named Ryan Switzer, who is apparently a wide receiver and return specialist for the Raiders currently. Uh Uh, When this article was written, he was on the Dallas Cowboys. He has the words believe written somewhere on his body. I would like you to guess where. Uh, I feel like Dick would be too easy. Um, So I'm actually going to go with like, well, okay. Um, I actually might know the answer. Is it one of those bottom lip tattoos? It is. Oh God. <laughs> yep. It's on the bottom of his lip so that when he like holds his lip down it's it reads believe. That stuff has always made me really uncomfortable. Like and I, I like do it. Like I if if stuff like that makes you feel good about yourself, like like uh, it, according to the article he problem. did it because he wanted a tattoo and his mom um was very adamant that not to do that so he wanted to get one without making her mad so he got one on the inside of his lip uh, where it wouldn't be seen that makes a certain amount of sense i get that i never really um there's a logic to that yeah 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 i, n- I never really thought about it that way i guess that yeah that that is the thing that would make the most sense oh whoa josh bellamy has the bluetooth logo tattooed right next to his ear it's important no, to no, stay connected no 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 he does not <laughs> Josh, no, he does not. I refuse to believe that. No, he does. Josh Bellamy of Chicago. He's got another tattoo kind of under his ear that says Mo oh Money. God. And yeah. it's like a logo. I, I don't know. Maybe this is a thing that I'm not aware of because I'm super white. But it kind of looks like a guitar pick with like two M's in the middle. And underneath it, it just says Mo Money. Josh Bellamy doesn't have good tattoo um, choices. Like that's. Why like the Bluetooth get, logo right why would you next to his Bluetooth ear. Why would you get the Bluetooth logo? Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Do you, is, wait, oh, okay, so the only 
The only possible explanation for this, the only possible explanation for this that I would accept is that Josh Bellamy did a body mod and he got a, like a little transmitter installed in his eardrum that he can like click on and off and he can listen to music in his head. The only explanation here is that Josh Bellamy is himself Bluetooth enabled. And if, if you ask him very nicely, you can, you know, you can like connect to him at, at an outdoor party and he'll just open his mouth and, you know, Despacito will start playing. <laughs> oh, oh, it's so, um, Noan, I, I don't know how to pronounce it. I've only seen it written down like K-W-O-N Alexander, like Quan, yeah. Juan, Quan, Quo. I like, I'm sorry. I, 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 I've never heard this one pronounced out loud, but Quan Alexander from Tampa Bay has, um, on his back, his back is basically a giant mural, um, made by an artist who clearly isn't very good. Mm-hmm. And it says showtime in fancy letters underneath it. There's like a, a referee with angel wings and a cross necklace, like oh over top of stadium lights over top, a radical font saying the word ball. And then like inside a stadium, clearly Alexander himself as a buccaneer holding the ball, pointing at the sky. Mm-hmm. And I, I would like to stress that the artist was not very good. The, the, the thing that's very important to note here is that there are four different fonts featured on this tattoo. Uh, you have the Showtime in the kind of marquee... And they did a good job on that font, actually. Yeah, that the, yeah, like the, actually, like, if that was just the only thing on his back, the showtime, just the showtime, good because it's like it's like back where your name would be on a jersey, that yeah. kind of location. Yeah, it's it it's kind of like that old timey western font. It's yep. like it's or, good. kind of circusy a little bit. Uh huh. It's good. It's good. If that was it, it would be a good tattoo. That would be a good egotistical football player tattoo i would be perfectly happy with that it's then, just the rest of it then you have uh in in flowing cursive the word all uh and then in just kind of normal lettering like the the aerial of tattoos uh you have the words you wanted me to do is and then in like about 576 point font, you have ball in this gigantic like brush stroke, which again, like that's not bad either. Like if it was by itself. Well, if it was by itself, then he would have the, a tattoo of the word ball on his back, which, you know, I guess makes sense. But but if you don't know, you know. If you don't know he plays football, it's like, wh- why are you with ball? What? All why? I want to do is ball. All I want to do is ball. All I want to do is ball. Ball. And then, yes, the, the whoever was doing this um, was not very good at making humans. Because yeah. angel referee guy... I who might be dad or uh, it's for my little brother. Okay, so it's his little uh, brother in like a ref costume, 
Oh, um, that's nice. I, it, it's I. The spirit <laughs> is is nice. Um, yes, I agree. Yeah, the spirit not is great. nice. The execution not great. I also gotta say, like, if you were a an athlete, right, and you wanted to get a tattoo, like a big tattoo, uh, and have it be like a showpiece on your body, you gotta. I mean, you can't. You you can't. You can't tie yourself to a team, right? You can't give yourself a number, and like, and 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 have like a a recognizable jersey, right? I mean, unless yeah. you want it to be like this is a thing that happened in this place, in time, right? You want to pay tribute to this one moment that happens because otherwise you're dating yourself. Yeah, that's that's. I think there was a player who got a tattoo of like the Jets logo on his arm and like a week later he was traded or yeah, something. I, I'm not. I feel like that happened. It's one of those things. Where, this is probably one of the main reasons why I don't have any tattoos. It's just you, you jump the gun and you can't. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't get like my number tattooed on me until like my career was over and I had been yeah. able to like wear that number the whole time. Well, you, I wouldn't even like, I wouldn't. You even need to make sure that. that shit is going to stick and is an iconic part of you before you get it permanently etched onto your body. No, dude, you got to wait until your number gets retired. Because what if, Ooh. what if as soon as you retire, like some other hot shot, like takes your number and and is better than you. Didn't even think about yeah, that. Yeah, you got to you got to wait till your number gets retired. You got to be sure. Or like or like get get a tattoo of like your entire jersey so it's not just your number. Welcome to NFL Tattoo Talk with NFL uh, Tattoo at in sounding. the most audio of mediums. Let's hey. talk about tattoo in an audio medium. Hey, uh do you want to get paid? Okay, I guess so. I, I did such a good job of it last week. I'm going to try and do an even better job. Uh, there's this there's this application that you can put on the little computer that is in your pocket called a cell phone. It's called Lyft. And you, you probably already know about it. But hey, if you don't, Lyft is like a really good ride sharing service where you can tip your drivers so they actually like get paid and can live and stuff. Uh, they try and make a more technically advanced and cheaper alternative to taxi services, and uh, they try to make the ride more personal by enabling you, you kn- to know who it is you will be trusting to drive you from point A to point B. We have a promo code. Uh, it is SCAVLIFT through the Scavengers Network, S-C-A-V-L-Y-F-T, and that'll give you five bucks off your first ride for passengers. Also, hey, if you live in the city and you have a car... Lyft is a great way to get some extra money on the side. You can get a signing bonus of an extra $375 in your first 30 days by signing up with the co- promo code SCAVLIFT uh, and uh, signing up as a driver. Lyft. Riding is the new driving. Our second sponsor this week is going to be Masterclass. Uh, and hey, I I remember this book that I read as a kid. It It was very scary and it was about a giant blob that ate everything. I think it was called The Giant Blob That Ate Everything. Uh, Dave, did you read that book? Did you read that one? You bet I did. Nice. It was by a, a book man called R.L. Stein. That's what uh, that's what we're calling authors now is, is book, book mans. 
book mans and book womans and book people, book folks, book folks, the book folk R.L. Stein. Uh, before he did the Goosebump series, he was a joke writer. He he focused on comedy. He did that for 20 years before he became a horror legend. Uh, since then, the author of the Goosebumps and Fear Street series has sold more than 400 million copies of books. That's like... Holy prob- mother of God. That's probably a billion pages. Like, more than a billion pages. Can it's we blame R.L. Stein for the demise of the rainforest? Yeah, R.L. Stein, you gotta get your act together. And hey, if you want to talk to R.L. Stein about how we can get his act together, take this masterclass with R.L. Stein. Uh, R.L. Stein is going to take the fear out of fiction writing, whether you're a beginner or a pro. You can learn new ways to conquer writer's block, develop your plots, and build nail-biting suspense, and also deforest the Amazon. Uh, the Masterclass, the R.L. Stein Masterclass features 28 lessons, a workbook, and office hours where you can upload videos to ask questions of the class, and R.L. Stein himself will answer some of the hot-button issues, so you can ask him, like, how he feels about contributing to mass deforestation. You can ask him that. Uh, I wouldn't. I would ask him, like, how to do a very good scare or a very good joke, um, but, you know, that's just me. So if you want to get in on that. Uh, go to bit.ly slash rlscab, and it is capital sensitive, so it's capital R, capital L, capital S. Your dog really doesn't like our spot, uh, like us getting paid this week. He doesn't like the fact that we no. sold out. Can't get, can't no, give no, me, can't no. give me a clean take on that URL. It is. Sounds like you just want to talk to R.L. Stein. I do. I do just want to talk to R.L. Stein. Uh, again, the the website is bit.ly slash capital R, capital L, capital S, C-A-V. And you'll get a seven-day free trial. So check that out. And hey, so thanks again to the Scavengers Network for having us on the show. If you haven't already, check out some of their podcasts. Myth Takes is really good. Spooky Spouses is really good. They recently went to like an actual haunted house. And that's pretty friggin' great let's get back to the sports sports balls sports so you know who retired officially finally who? victor cruz oh diddy that's sad victor cruz is officially taking a job with espn to do um analyst stuff whatever that means could okay. i mean honestly be anything but I, I think he'll probably be fine. He's a pretty personable dude, and he's always pretty good in interviews, so he'll probably be okay. But end of an era. Yeah. Um, his his reign was short, but it was glorious to watch. Mm-hmm. Farewell, oh, sweet Victor. I need. Can you give us a little bit of a postmortem on Victor Cruz? Because I I remember like I didn't have much of a. Uh, an investment in Victor Cruz other than like, I really liked when he scored those good touchdowns and did the salsa dance. Like I, that was what I knew Victor Cruz as like that was Victor Cruz is like the, the greatest Cinderella story in New York uh, giants history for, for sure. Cause he was, he's a local dude who grew up like five, 10 minutes away from the stadium in a place called Patterson. Um, he was undrafted. He, I think he went to Boston College or something, or like U University of Met, like something up there. And he didn't get any attention 
to the draft. He didn't get invited to the combine or anything like that. He just worked his took his off, got a like a try, like a free agency try undrafted with the Giants. Um, he had like the one thing everyone will point to is his breakout preseason game against the Jets, where he caught like three touchdowns and got like 200 yards just yeah. receiving. And then he got hurt, and we didn't. And he just vanished off the radar until 2011, when I think week two, I think it was Dominic Hickson who went down. Victor Cruz started in his place and scored two touchdowns against the Eagles in what was really his breakout game, which is like, oh, who's this person? I like, I still. To this day, I still remember watching highlights of that game for on like NFL Network, and they were, and they had Michael Irvin giving commentary, and he was trashing mm. the Eagles for being like, "He'll give up a touchdown to Victor Cruz. Who's oh, Victor Cruz? Oh, it's uh-huh. Victor Cruz." <laughs> it, it's, it's just like ripping on the fact that this unknown nobody just tore the Eagles apart, and then of course over the next seventeen weeks, he was like one of the biggest stars of the league because he was just so much fun to watch, and he. He really was. He was just a really fun to watch player because he was small and he was incredibly quick and skinny and he made like a lot of ridiculous catches. He wa- he didn't have like the best hands, but shut up! I'm giving a eulogy, you stupid dog. You he ate it- ant poison yesterday, you fucking idiot. He thought it was very disrespectful for you to say he didn't have very good hands. Well, I mean, he he had a problem where he'd make, like, really ridiculous catches, but some of the more routine ones he would drop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do remember it's, that about him. It, it was just, for, like, a couple of years, he was just really funny. I mean, hey! <laughs> shut up! But he saved, like, he has the play of the year that year when he saved our season with his 99-yard touchdown against the Jets in Week 16, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. was like mm-hmm. the Giants were like one game back out of the um, out of the divisional playoff hunt. Uh, they it was a, it was like a tie game between the Jets and Giants. It was a total crap of a game. It was like the first half. It was like three to nothing Jets. It was such a shit game. And then Cruz catches like a 10-yard uh, curl route. And turns it into a 99-yard touchdown, and the game just broke open. And the following week, like he scored a bunch of touchdowns against Dallas to take the division, and then they they went on the run all the way through mm-hmm. to the Super Bowl. And that was like, it's the ultimate Cinderella story. He he was undrafted, unheard of, comes in, makes his mark, becomes an incredible sensation. One year, wins the Super Bowl that year. He yeah. never quite reaches those heights again. But, like, you can't ask for a better, like, first real season than what he had. And even though his career was cut short by that horrible injury, which is still the saddest game I've ever watched. Yeah. That was, man. that was, uh, like, I will miss him. He was, he was a really fun dude. I, I, I still remember in 2016, um, when he actually came back, played against the Cowboys, and, you know, gave us the first, like, salsa dance in two years. That was freaking... That was heartwarming. That when, was he, when he really got into great. the end zone and, and gave us a heartwarming salsa, that was... 
It was the it was what we needed. He got one more year with the Giants, and I was worried he wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to do anything after like three years down. He finally came back and he got a salsa and pretty much everybody in the stadium like cheered because yeah. it was just nice to see one more time. I'm I'm looking through his his history and given what you've said too, I think another th- cool thing about Victor Cruz is that all of his great moments came in like rivalry games. Like he had his best games and best like stat lines in divisional rivalries. His big game against the Eagles, that was, you know, the Eagles then, yeah. you know, I I think that's I don't know. That's it's nice to have to have your big moments against uh against rivals. That's super super cool and something that I I didn't I didn't know. Oh, I didn't know that um so the history of the salsa dance apparently it's um it's apparently to honor uh his uh grandmother who had passed uh but who before she did taught him how to dance salsa uh and her uh his grandma also apparently loved uh touchdown celebrations specifically touchdown dances um mm. so so yeah that's a little bit of a heartwarming thing i'm excited to see him in the booth i agree with you i think he's a, a, an incredibly personal guy or personable guy and um I don't know. He's one of the few players, like, when they got popular, you start seeing them in commercials, and he was one of the few players in commercials that actually seemed like a natural in front of the camera. Yeah, and, like, he was enjoying his time there, too, right? He wasn't just trying to phone it in. Like, uh, like there's a commercial w- with him and Hakeem Nix about, like, shoes or something, and it's, like, about bad Christmas gifts. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, Hakeem Nix, like, opening up a Christmas gift and being unenthused. But Hakeem Nix is not a good actor and he's really bad on camera and then at one point the can like all the lights turn off and just focus on victor and victor like turns to the camera he's just like have you been the receiving end of just a terrible gift and you're like this dude actually has charisma and he's good on camera and then he had the commercial several years later after beckham came to the team it was like a footlocker commercial where he starts talking to Beckham in the locker room. And they're like, yeah, we're going to light it up this year. And you like, you see Victor Cruz like smiling and you hear like his inner monologues, just like you stole my life. It's, it's very good. He's, he's, he's natural on camera. And I think he'll do good as long as they give him something useful to be like, I don't know mm-hmm. what job they're giving him. We, all we know is analyst. Like that could be just like a random dude who has a segment during like a morning show like we don't yeah. know what he's gonna do but i wish him the best yeah I'm, I'm hoping they put him on a panel um and they don't bury him somewhere mostly because nine out of ten of the panels like the nfl panels whether it's espn nfl network fox nbc like most of them suck a lot and like I want them to be better. And most of them, I will say, most of them are only like one person away from not being trash. So maybe Victor Cruz can tip the scales there. Maybe. Let's move on. Like, Mm -hmm. God bless you, Victor Cruz. I'm excited to see you. Let's talk about something that's very close to this podcast heart. Yes. And that's that I'm hearing like a few rumors that there might be a case building that Roberto Aguayo could potentially win the kicker job for the Chargers. Oh, no way. 
He he's apparently doing that. pretty good. Uh, he's not doing too bad. They're 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 like, eh, he's like he hasn't been cut yet. They're they're discussing him. It's it's there's there's something there. Like maybe, maybe, can he do it? Can he do? I hope so. We're we're rooting for him. We're rooting for him. That can you imagine if he like ends up winning the starting job for the Chargers and becomes like an he's he's fighting picker? Caleb. Caleb Sturgis. Oh so. yeah, Sturgis. How old is he? Isn't he like Janikowski old? I don't know. Like Caleb Sturgis has been in the league for for friggin' ever. He, Caleb Sturgis is uh, he's only twenty nine. Oh okay, that's fair. So no. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough. I mean, so far, Aguayo's been perfect. Uh, well, he was perfect on four kicks in uh, in the most recent preseason win. Uh, so he uh, three of them were extra points, but he he knocked through a thirty uh, nine yarder. So that's that's nice. Um, I am very excited about. Well, because it's been he's been like. He's had this will they won't they with the Chargers for it seems like as long as we've been doing the podcast. I know that's not true because I know at one point he was on the Buccaneers and we talked about him and like in the draft and and how it's it's dumb and Aguayo watch and and all that. But this stuff with the Chargers, how long has that been actually going on? Because he didn't play, like, this has been going on, I think, for two seasons, right? Yeah. Like, I think he made the practice squad or the scout squad, and that's where he was last year with the Chargers. And he's just kind of been grinding it out, and now he might have a shot at starting again. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I don't know. I'm I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for him big time. Let's... Let's talk about something we didn't touch on last week and spend the last uh, eight minutes or so of this podcast angry. Mm-hmm. Good. So there's this new penalty is not going well. Oh no, it's not going well at all. This guess, is guess this has become quite that. the kerfuffle. Yeah, like yeah. holy moly, um, it's it's not going good I... and. It the lo- the more we see, the more it seems to be shaping up to be a potential disaster when the season actually starts. I I I think that so here's here's my I'm gonna give like a very quick thesis on this, um or my thesis like my kind of nutshell view on this right. I don't think the helmet or the spirit of the helmet rule is bad. I think that. I think that wildly changing the way that folks tackle is something that must be done if football is to survive. Yes, I I am in complete agreement with you. the The spirit behind this rule, the, the like the reasoning behind the rule, makes perfect sense, and football has to do something. I I think that I think that, I think that they really botched it though for both sides because now. Like the way that it's being, the way that they trained players on it before and the way that it's being called is like, it's not, people are still making those, those, uh, plays that the NFL don't, doesn't want them to make 
fans are thinking like, oh, that's just football. And the messaging hasn't been like, no, we're actually changing the game of football. I think that's like, that's the thing is that, is that they haven't been, I guess, ballsy enough. And like, it's not a surprise, but they haven't like had the guts to be like, yeah, actually we're, we're changing something very fundamental to football to make it safer. So instead, you now have people who are like, no, let's make the game safer like you and me being like they're failing at that. And people who are like, no, nah, we like the big hit and we want the – we bah, 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 this, Put them in dresses. Yeah, I can't exactly. anybody yeah. anymore. Everyone's a bunch of pansies. They're not happy either because they're like – No. Yeah, it's, it's – you the, the NFL once again has failed – to make anybody happy by trying to take the middle ground. And it's just like, it, you gotta, it sucks. It sucks. It just sucks. So Deadspin, if you haven't paid attention, Deadspin made an article with like every single one that's been called so far yeah. and just watching it. Mm-hmm. And just watching the plays, you're like, all right, um, n- half of these for sure are, are completely legal hits. Yeah. Like, yeah, or should be. like, it, it's the kind of thing, like I understand. And I, I know there's going to be, I think I read somewhere that the league expects like a, th- like a three year complete adjustment period. And they're probably expecting it to be probably the worst at the beginning of this season, which like, I'm glad their expectations are there instead of, we hope everyone gets it immediately because yeah. that's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not, it like what they're it's such a vague rule and the refs clearly have no idea how to successfully enforce it and i know that the refs are probably calling it too often now more or less just to get to like film and try and recognize it so that they'll be able to better call it like during the actual seasons like i don't expect to see it this much during the actual season if it's during the actual season this much um, people are going to riot. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be bad. I also don't think you can blame the refs. I like this. No, it, it, it's you, like they're being told to make basically to like do any, this. everything that's like a vague judgment call that isn't like an explicitly defined rule is always going to be something that results in very questionable calls more frequently than it should happen, like with pass interference or with um, like roughing the passer more recently because you just see a hard hit and you you just throw the flag out of instinct when the film reveals that like the defender had he was like already off his feet before the quarterback even threw the ball and he can't defy physics that mm-hmm. sort of thing mm-hmm. like this is one of those plays it's one of those penalties where half the calls going against it are like this like you can't do this against physics like what they're asking these players to do is kind of unreasonable and still play the position especially safety safeties are getting hit the hardest with that's yeah that's super tough yeah for for folks who actually have to like make a run like make a run up and then tackle it it seems to be like that's most the most uh affected those are the positions that are most affected by this and like yeah I mean, what do you think is going to happen? Like, because because if you're going to ask me, like the way that the NFL works, 
is they dig their heels in a little bit. They get the slightest amount of pushback, don't refuse to take a side, and then go back to the way it was before. So I'm thinking that like my my sense is that there will be some bull like big bullshit week one. Uh and maybe by like week three the helmet rule is not uh a thing anymore. I think they're going to not call it at all week one. I think they're not going to they they might announce like a slight like we're gonna be paying more attention to this. They're gonna give us lip service um before this actual season starts that it's not gonna be as bad. I think week one they're barely going to call it outside one or two that's going to be just bad. So mm-hmm. it, it just gets a lot of publicity anyway. Mm-hmm. And then like there's going to be plays where they're going to be like, well, why didn't they They got made such a big hullabaloo, but then these players are doing a bad hit, so they start playing, so they throw the flag some more. It's They're not going to call it as often, but because they're actual meaningful games, mm-hmm. some of them are going to be against, like, are, are going to be bullshit, and they're going to make a lot of fans mad. And I do agree that, like, by week three or four, like, either they will have just stopped calling it, or they're going to do a major overhaul change. I think they're just going to stop calling it. They're just going to quietly tell yeah. the referees, too many people are mad about this. Just just don't call it. Just don't call it, and we'll examine it again in the off season. And everyone will just kind of forget because football's happening. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, like I and I, I think that like that is probably more accurate than than the NFL actually like doing anything to like even step back. They'll probably just pretend it all fucking never happened. Because that's uh, what the NFL's mo has always been. It's just like I, let's pretend that didn't happen and push it under the rug. That's mm-hmm. um, not working as well as it used to for them in the modern media age, which is one of the reasons why they've started punching themselves in the dick so often. But for this thing, I think they could still more or less kind of get away with that. There will be people after they stop calling it around like week three, around like week seven, you'll start you'll see like one take from like someone on ESPN who's just like, what happened to these calls? Like this used to be a big deal, but now yeah. we're seeing all this stuff. And it'll just be like one think piece and everyone will be like, oh, you're right. And then everyone will kind of forget about it again. And then there'll be an uproar later in the season when it inevitably screws over Detroit. And that'll be the last real hullabaloo about it. I mean, that scans. That scans for sure. I guess we got the dress rehearsal games this weekend. Yeah. Um, if you want a good view of what your team might look like, this is the week to do it because next week is just uh, fourth stringers fighting for their uh, careers. Yeah. So that's that's what's happening. Um, Luna, what do you what do you think about football? Are you excited? How can we follow you, Luna, as you eat a bone on, on a floor, just, just like making lots of lots of freaking noise? I don't. I, she's got nothing. Sam, how can we follow you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Sam Grzezes, S A M G R E S Z E S E S E S, and on Twitch and uh, Instagram at Robots Fighting Dinosaurs. Dick. 
I'm Dropplay Dave. You can find me on Twitter at Dropplay Dave, on Facebook at the Dropplay Comic, on Instagram, on Patreon, and of course on thedrawplay.com. Thank you for listening. Uh, what's the worst tattoo you could think of on an NFL player or about an NFL player? I'd like to hear it, and I'd like you to link me on Twitter, and we will see you next week.